Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you were transformed through faith, hope, and love. Good morning again. <laughs> Great to have you this morning. We thank God for technology, what we can do with it, and how powerful it can be to be able to reach those that don't know Jesus. So we thank you for that. So, good morning. Welcome. Great to have you and to see all of you this morning and to be part of our service today. And, uh, you know, we're going through a series, uh, we're on week four, going through a series, What on Earth Am I Here For? We looked at our first calling, Let God Love You. We looked at our second calling, God Made You to Belong to a Church and to a Family. And this week, we're looking at the third calling, You Are Called to Become. Now, it's important to understand that these three are building blocks. You know, they build on top of each other. You can't have one without the other with building blocks. You cannot become the child that God wants you to become unless you let God love you and you belong. When you start letting God love you and start belonging, then you can start becoming. So these are important building blocks. And as Tracy mentioned already, if you missed the previous series, they're available on Destiny Church uh, on YouTube, or even better, if you fill your Connect card and see the guys at the Connect Point, you can sign up to Church Suite, and we have our podcasts available that you can listen to at your own leisure. And I encourage you to do that, because it can change your life. So, so I encourage you to do that, go to Connect Point, or you fill your Connect card, and we'd love to you to be part of Church Suite and, and see all the exciting things as a church that we are doing. When you were a child, what did you want to become? Now, maybe you wanted to become a fireman or a firewoman, a policeman, policewoman, a nurse, maybe Karate Kid, because I wanted to wax off and wax on when I watched Karate Kid. I don't know about you, but, you know, those things inspire you, and, you know, but what did you want to become? Uh, you know, what did you want to become? And, and to be more serious... Can you hear me? Yeah, great. So, on a more serious note, I wanted to become a veterinarian. I've always loved pets, and strangely enough, I had a, the, the most unusual pet I've ever had was a pet turkey. Uh, my interest, you can talk to me about it. My, my interest in becoming a vet came from reading about James Ariat, the vet from Yorkshire that came from Scotland. I love reading his books. It's quite, he made it quite funny, and it made it quite enjoyable to be a vet, and that was the thing that made me want to become a vet. And if you watch creatures, all creatures great and small, you'll probably know what I'm talking about, about James Elliott. Uh, but I became an accountant, a more dull and a boring job as an accountant. That's what I've become. But I love it. I enjoy it. I love numbers. So, you know, it's pretty universal that we've not become what we wanted to become. Um, you know, hopefully all of you have got your notes uh, if you haven't, I'm sure the stewards will be able to hand you out your notes. And so put your hands up and the stewards will come out and give you notes if you haven't got them. Um, okay, I'm sure they'll come through. Okay, so Romans, the first uh, verse is Romans 8, 28 to 29. We know that God called, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. So on your notes, 
my third calling in life is to become like Christ. Your calling in, in, in your life is your purpose in life. Because before you were even born, God knew you. You were not an accident. You were not a mistake. You were His idea. He chose you to become like His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what the third calling means. Once you get into God's family, God wants you to grow up and become like your older brother, Jesus. And that's becoming godly. That's what God wants us to become. You know, God wants us to grow in our character. God wants to develop us in our character. In Galatians, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. And it says in Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are the characteristics of Jesus. God wants us to become like Jesus. To be filled with love, with joy, to be kind, to be patient, to have self-control. That's what this is life, is to become like Jesus. And these are the characteristics of Jesus. In the New Testament, it compares becoming to running. And it is a race, we are in a race of life. It's not a hundred meter dash, but we are in a marathon You're running a race now, and the goal is that you become the child that God wants you to be. And the best way to remember this, if you follow your Olympics and your athletics, God wants you to be more like Mo Farah and not Usain Bolt. So if you remember that, God wants you more like, Mo Farah was a marathon runner. Usain Bolt was a brilliant sprinter. But God wants you to be a marathon runner today because you're running the life that he's ordained for you and he wants you to do. So how do I become what God calls me to be? How do we run our marathon to maturity? And to run the marathon to maturity, I must, and this is your first point on your notes, I must simplify my life. And the scripture from Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let's strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. So what is the scripture saying? We must declutter. We must clean our minds. We must look at our schedules, look at our relationships, get rid of unnecessary baggage that is holding us from becoming the person that God wants us to be. We need to eliminate diversions. I've been called that sometimes because it's close to diversion, but diversions, distractions, detours, and time wasters. The verse talks about, more importantly, and as I was preparing, I was thinking about this so much, that it talks in Hebrews about a particular race that you can only run. Your mom, your dad, your spouse, they can't, you can't run anybody else's race. But you've got to decide today, whose race am I going to run in this life? I can run my own race, I can run the race that somebody else wants me to run, or I can run the race that God created me to run. You can't run all three. And I think this is so important for us to think and reflect, whose race are you running? So you have to say, I'm willing to let go of all the sin in my life, I'm willing to let go of all the weights that are holding me back, I'm willing to let go of what everybody else expects me to do in my life. 
to run the race that Jesus has set out for me. And as I was thinking about this, you know, in my life, this story in Luke about Mary and Martha, and it always speaks to me because it talks about the God thing versus the good thing. And we all know the story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, Mary, Jesus was visiting these sisters and Martha was busy, distracted and preparing in the kitchen for Jesus. And, and whilst Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord listening. But the Lord said to Martha, you're, you're worried and upset about over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Again, it's be careful. Not let, don't let the good thing be the expense of the God thing. So it's very, very important. I did that. I had a lot of good things going in my life. I was doing a lot of good things. But don't allow it to become your priorities in life. You need to be looking at the, the God thing. So your life is too valuable. Your calling or purpose too great. And our God too good to waste your time on things that does not matter. So let me read that again. Your life is too valuable your calling or purpose too great and our God too good to waste your time on things that does not matter. What, today we've got to ask ourselves, what is holding us back from our race? What do we need to drop? We can't be too busy for God. Yeah? So those are the things you need to reflect on step one. To run the marathon of maturity, I must. Don't get impatient. Or in a hurry. This race is going to take your entire life. You're, going to finish in a, you're not going to finish in a week, a month, or even a year. God's plan is to make you the person He wants you to be. It's a lifetime plan. It is a marathon. It is not a hundred meters. But yet again, we need to look at our perspective of this. And try to understand that we are in a marathon. You know, God wants us to pace ourselves. He wants us to be able to prepare and to be ready and to pace ourselves. You know, becoming implies progression. It's, it's a step-by-step process. It just doesn't happen like that. I, I don't know about you, but I want my life to be deeply rooted. I want it to be strong, stable, secure. So when the storms of life come, I am not blown away. Yeah? And in Hebrews 12, 1b, in your notes, it says, Let's run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. You know, so let's run with patience. Just have that. And I think again, it's such, when I was thinking about this, and I'm thinking again, it's a perspective change, it's a mindset change that you are running a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. And then to run a marathon to maturity, I must spend time focusing on Jesus every day. No, start with five minutes, start 10 minutes, 15 minutes, spend time focusing on Jesus every day. That's what the next verse talks about in Hebrews 11, 12, 2. A, in your notes, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. Why do we need to focus our thoughts on Jesus? Why do we need to focus our mind on Jesus? Whatever you want to become, you need to think about that. To become like Jesus, you need to think about Jesus. We become like those we spend the most time with. Who do you hang out with? I think this is also another, I look again and ask myself, who, who am I hanging out with? Because if you hang out with critical people, guess what? You are going to become critical. If you spend time with Jesus, you become more like Him. You cannot become 
without spending time with Jesus. So you need to start looking at that 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, you become more like him. You know, find a favorite spot in your house, where it is. Maybe it's a conservatory or where it is. Find a favorite chair. Make your favorite drink. But do it regularly. Every morning, read your Bible. Talk to God about your day. Ask for his help. Wait quietly for him as he's to speak. And he will put thoughts in your head. And I've been through that where when I start my day with Jesus, I can go to work and, and, and the biggest challenge should come. I'm, I'm at peace because I've prayed, I've read the word of God, and I've committed my day to the Lord. I know God is taking care of that. And it makes such a massive difference. So I trust and I encourage you to do that the same as well, that we need to spend time focusing on Jesus every day. And it says successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So if you want to be successful with Jesus, do it consistently because then you'll be able to be more like Jesus. Point number four, when you run the marathon to maturity, I must. When life gets hard, remember the reward. We are all going through a lot of problems, pressures, trials, difficulties, but God wants to use them to make your life more like Jesus. And I want to quickly share my greatest, one of the greatest challenges that I have had in life. And um, I, I suffer from epilepsy. Um, when I don't look after myself and uh, push myself to the limit that I think I can, <laughs> uh, I, have, I have epilepsy. And it's happened here in this country where I, I lost my license, and which I didn't know about because I came from South Africa that you lose your license because you have epilepsy, which makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> Um, but for me, that posed one of the biggest challenges in my life. How do I get to work? How do I, you know, when you wake up in the morning, there's, a, there's an assumption that you can get up, start your car, drive, get to work, or do your chores, do your things. But I didn't have this anymore. It was taken away from me because of epilepsy. But through these problems and through these challenges, what God used in my life, as I walked to the train station, as I waited on the platform, I used that time to pray I use the time to praise. I use the time to thank you. And I felt through that process, I grow closer to Jesus. And I am so thankful for God to giving me that tribulation and trial to go through. That I've been able to grow and to be able to use that to become more and more like Jesus. Since God's goal is to make you like Jesus, he's going to take you through what Jesus went through. If you read through your Bible, Jesus was lonely. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was criticized. Jesus was misunderstood. You know, Jesus went to this. Jesus got worn out and tired, but Jesus learned obedience and was made complete through. So don't be surprised when problems are part of the becoming process. Yeah? In Hebrews 12, verses 2 to 3, Jesus did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. And he's now seated on the right side of God's throne. Think of what he went through. How he put up with so much hatred from sinners. So do not let yourselves become discouraged and give up. So discouragement is a choice. Yeah. Problems are part of the plan. And as you read in 1 Peter 5.10, you know, it talks about that God doesn't promise an easy life on earth. He promises reward in heaven. Short-term problems on earth 
long-term glory in heaven. Thank you. We're just going to watch a short video and I'll go on to point five. Thank you. And to be sure of taking the title. And right now he seems to have lost control of his legs. And this is worrying. Oh, and he's starting to slow. And there is a little way to go. There's half a K to go. And Johnny is running out of time and is losing. He's losing his sense of direction. This is worrying. Oh, goodness me. This is a horrible sight. Jonathan Brownlee has lost it now and has staggered to a stop at the side of the course. And Alistair's stopped to help him along. And Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Cozumel as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. Oh my God, I cannot believe what we are seeing here. Matt, is this allowed? Is he allowed to help his brother? You know, is that part of the rules? I'm not too sure. We've never seen anything like this before. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes in Cozumel. The Brownlee brothers arm in arm, but it's not by way of celebration. Henry Schumann's celebrating. He's going to win this race in Cozumel out of nowhere. But we have to be concerned about the health of Jonathan Brownlee and they're not even on the final stretch yet. Schumann wins in Cozumel. The brothers are coming home arm in arm to finish in second and third but Johnny can hardly stand and Alistair is having to drag him across the line and pushing him home, pushing him home for second. Johnny finishes in second. Goodness me. What an incredible conclusion here in Cozumel. I watched this and I thought, oh, wow. Um, you know, when I, I listened to the post-interview, they were interviewed on um, BBC um, News. And what Johnny said, the reason why that happened was, this is a world-class athlete that's won world medals. And what he said was, because of the extreme heat... He didn't pace himself. That's why he suffered. So even champions need, like that, need to pace themselves. So much so that we need to pace ourselves in the journey. But more so, we need to gather a team to run with us. It's your race, but you need others to run it with you. We all need people to spare on, spare us on. There's an African proverb that says, to run fast, you run by yourself. To run far, you run with others. Yeah. So we need, we need a small group of friends who will support you. As you run the race marked out for you. And we have small groups. We have connect groups. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, 25 in your notes. Let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not make, give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another as you see the day approaching. So we need others. You know, when you belong to a small group and a small group believes in you, a small group will love you. And they will support you and help you become what God wants you to become. They'll give you, the, give you the courage to do things. You know, they'll give you the courage to stay in the race. Give you the courage to finish the race. Even when you stumble, they'll be there to pick you up. So we need each other. Uh, you know, and we thank God for our connect groups. Again, Tracy spoke about this last week. If you want to be part of a connect group, please see the guys on the connect point. But we need each other to spare one another on. We can't do this on our own. 
Point six, to run a marathon to maturity, I must remember God is cheering me at every stage. You know, no one shames a baby for not talking or a 10-year-old for not driving. Don't be ashamed at whatever stage you are at. Yeah, don't. You know, I need to realize when I'm running the race of life, to become the man or the woman God wants me to be, that God is cheering me at every stage of my life. He says that, you know, some of us feel we get mistaken that God only smiles at us when we do things wrong or right. Sorry. Only when God smiles at us when you finish the race. But God is cheering us. God wants us to do his best, to do our best for him. He wants us to keep running. He wants us to keep going. As we read in Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I keep working towards the day when I finally be all Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of my race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us to heaven. Amen. So God is cheering you on. Keep going. Point seven, I run the marathon to maturity. I must take every step with purpose. Be disciplined. You will need to deny many things to become what God wants for you. You know, anybody who trains for the Olympics, they change their diet, they change the exercise, they, they go to bed early, uh, they, do, they do certain things. So they, they realize that for, for the gold medal in the Olympics, they're going to have to deny themselves, you know. So when you take on God's purpose, you've got to be disciplined. So you need to be able to take on every step on that purpose. You know, in Corinthians, it talks about all athletes in your notes practice self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose. In every step, I am like a boxer who misses his punches. And then Hebrews gives us further advice in Hebrews 12, 12 and 13. Lift up your tired hands and strengthen your trembling knees. Keep walking on straight paths so that your lame foot may not be disabled, but instead be healed. It's so important to be on straight paths. Don't be tempted by crooked ways. Don't look for shortcuts or quick fixes. Yeah? We all need to stray on the narrow path and head for the goal. You know, in the race of life, we will all run with a limp. Some of us have emotions that don't work right. Some of us have weaknesses in our relationships some of us are not spiritually strong. Some of us have financial uh, problems. We all have limbs. We all have challenges. But on a straight path, you are less likely to stumble. So stay on God's straight path. Yes, you. And in point eight, it says, to run a marathon in maturity, I must realize what I don't finish, God will. God is good to complete your character development He's going to complete your character development one day. It says in Philippines in your notes 1 verse 6, I am sure that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus comes back again. All your weaknesses will be gone 
flaws, faults, blemishes, fears, addictions, frailties. You will be changed into perfection. What I don't finish in my lifetime, God will. You, you may have struggled in the race. We all have. You may have stumbled in the race. We all have. You may have been sidelined, but your race is not over. In this family of Destiny Church, geez, you are loved, you belong, and you can become what God has always intended. As your connect group that learns to be safe and supportive, they will help you to get back every time you stumble. And it's never too late, never too old, are you ready to start running again. Your decisions determine your direction, and your direction determines your destiny. So the calling is live to become. I encourage you today, even as you go into your connect groups, and there's devotions, and you read your devotions, that God will encourage you to become what He's purpose you for you come. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you and you would like prayer, or perhaps this is your first time listening, then we'd love to connect with you at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk forward slash connect. You're welcome to join us every Sunday in person or online at 11am.